It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of BSD Recruit Report, a podcast focused around all things Wake Forest recruiting. My name is Ned Har, and I'm joined today by my older brother, Witt. Hey, guys. Happy to be here debut the first show of BSD Recruit Report. Ned reached out on Twitter a couple weeks ago to gauge any interest, and we got overwhelming support. So we've been working the last few weeks on setting the whole new concept together, and we're extremely happy to bring it to you live today. We'll touch on the top prospects, strategies, questions we've received the last few weeks, and then we'll close it out with a little hot seat Q&A uh, with the aptly named Demon's Den. But enough of that. Let's just get right into it. Yep. Probably the top theme of, our, uh, of the week uh, is the start of the July recruiting period. Uh, Ned, this cycle's massive in terms of what we're going to see on the basketball scene. And so what, what's the staff looking at right now? Um, and give us a little bit of the rundown on uh, what the uh, what the cycle looks like right now. Sure thing. So the July recruiting period, as you may know, it's just one of the uh, the biggest kind of periods for the staff to really gauge in terms of who are the top prospects they want to bring in uh, to Wake Forest. So there's three evaluation periods where the staff can really get a good look at some of their top 2018 prospects. Uh, there's a couple dead periods mixed in between, um, and that those are times where no unofficial or official visits can be scheduled during that time. And you can just kind of call and text uh, with your potential recruits. And then really you're gonna start seeing in early August, that's when unofficial and official visits start to happen. Uh, we saw Richard Washington last year visit on the first possible day on August 1st and then committed over that weekend. So really these next couple of weeks are just the staff trying to show uh, to the recruits who they really are prioritizing by going to their individual games. and. Um, then in early August, we'll really start to see maybe some commits come in uh, and we can get a better picture of how this class is going to turn out. So in that same vein, who are the top targets left on the table right now? We've got one commit in the bag with Sharon Wright Jr., a 6'5 point guard out of South Carolina. But who is the staff really looking at? Who are they going to focus on at the start of this July recruiting period? Yeah, I mean, the, the two main names that come to mind are Jalen Horde, uh, a 6'8 small forward, out of Wesleyan Christian Academy, which is where Brandon Childress went to school, um, and, and Isaiah Mucius, who's also a 6'8 small forward uh, who plays for the PSA Cardinals on the AAU circuit. If you haven't heard those two names, you probably haven't been focusing on Wake Forest basketball recruiting that, that heavily the last couple months. Um, those two guys are definitely top of the list. We have a, a point guard, Drew Drinnen, who's a four-star out of Georgia. It's really between Wake and UGA in, in his recruitment, and and he even said in May that those were the top two schools that he was focused on and that he wanted to make a summer commitment. So that would be a name to really keep an eye on over these next couple of weeks. And I'm sure the staff is going to be prioritizing him. Other than that, we have, um, we have Ayo Desunmu, who is a top 25 combo guard uh, out of Illinois, yep. who Wake offered in mid-May. And, and Danny Manning really loves his game. But being a top 25 kind of blue chip recruit, you're going to have a lot of competition, and, and particularly from his hometown school, uh, Illinois. 
and with their new staff up there, they've really been coming after him hard. So, um, but it, it's really an exciting time to kind of be following these types of recruits. Those are some names that initially come to mind. Uh, one more is Nate Lazuski, yep. who's out of Massachusetts, a six-seven kind of. Uh, he can play the three, also the four, more in the Dinos mold, um, and maybe he's a, he's a little smaller than Dinos, a little bit more agile. But he's a pure shooter and one of the most efficient players on the AU circuit, whether it was Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour all summer. So he's another name that comes to mind that wakes in kind of the, his top three. But it's really funny because we were always saying in the spring that we were thinking that was either going to be Sharon Wright Jr. or John Newman being the first to commit. And now John Newman has committed to Clemson um, and is no longer on the board. So things can move really quickly at this time of year. And you really just got to keep up and, and stay, uh, stay focused on who's going to be eventually joining the Demon Deeks and, and kind of stay up to tune. Well, and outside of those names, too, I think one of the things that we've seen with this staff the last few years is their ability to either go abroad or kind of get the under-the-radar recruit yep. uh, a little bit out of nowhere. You know, we saw that uh, first with, with Mitchell coming over from his Tulsa commitment when uh, Coach Manning came to Wake four years ago. but And Dino is obviously straight from Athens, but – you know, I think you can't discount the ability for Wake to pop up on a couple of lists here late and, and maybe close out some guys that we're not really following right now. Oh, absolutely. I think that's been one thing that we've seen time and time again with this staff is particularly Sam Jaffet Mathias, Mathias last year, a four-star center out of England. We really had no idea that he was even on our radar until right. he was on his official visit. So uh, Olivier Saar is another one which kind of popped out of nowhere. This staff really works quietly and works in uh, really secretive ways almost, which is good because you're not showing off that you're um, you're not showing a lot of attention to these guys. So maybe bigger programs don't come in and circle around them. Um, so you can really get some under the radar guys. But I, I think there's a very high chance that there's a player that commits to the Deeks in the next couple of months that we don't currently have on our radar right now. I don't be excited to see who that is. Well, it makes our job a little bit harder, but other than yeah. that, it's a lot of fun. And so the next possible commit, you mentioned Richard Washington. Mm -hmm. First week of August, he commits um, basically right after a visit. Uh, we got the timeline. We got the targets. Next possible commit, if you had to guess, is? You know, I, I think the, the commit who committed, uh, the recruit that could commit the earliest is Drew Drennan. As I mentioned before, he was really looking at a summer uh, commitment to either UGA or Wake Forest. And so if anyone's going to commit in the next week or so, and we're going to get some good news, it's him. Mm -hmm. Um, UGA has been recruiting him since the eighth grade. So they really have a lot of invested time and interest in him. And so if it's not Drew Drennan, maybe start looking at an early August commitment. Isaiah Musha said he'd kind of be slimming down his list then. And um, while Jalen Horde, the five-star out of France, who then plays at Wesleyan Christian Academy now, um, while he may be most interested in the Deeks, and, and we are probably top of his list right now, um, he's currently in Europe at the FIBA U18 uh, European championships. And he said he's going to kind of delay his entire recruitment until after that's finished. So you're not going to probably hear much news about him um, over the next month or so, which is probably good because less time on the AAU circuit means less time for other kind of blue bloods to join the, the fighting for his services. But um, I would say uh, Nate Lazuski is another name to look out for over the next couple of weeks. But really, you're going to be looking at the first or uh, the second commit to this 2018 class in the early August, uh, mid-August range. So let's talk a little bit about strategy with this class. They've got a long uh, point guard. Wright Jr. looks like he's a guy who can handle the ball. Yep. Uh, and he's, uh, he's rangy. He's athletic. Um, he's not in that, uh, that smaller kind of uh, water bug mold of uh, Childress or Crawford. 
the focus here seems to be on wings, right? Mm-hmm. And you've yep. got Horde, you've got Mucius is kind of the two priorities. And we talk about the staff working in the shadows on some of these. These two guys are, the staff is out in front with saying that these are their two guys. And uh, I think you brought up a great point that Horde being out of the country for a while could help Wake, uh, who's been there for a while, kind of maintain key interests. One of the things that uh, we also see with Horde is, He's constantly posted, posting with Olivier Saar. I mean, they seem to be Absolutely. pretty close, right? I, I think they are. And, and when Olivier Saar was on his official visit back in uh, the February-March time zone or time range, um, Olivier Saar went out to dinner with Jalen Horde and was a huge part of his recruitment uh, to Wake Forest, it seems. So they're, they're two really good friends, and that could pay, uh, pay off in dividends later on. So let's talk about Mucius for a second because Isaiah seems to be a guy who's getting a lot of interest now. He's going to Brewster Academy. Brewster Academy – is a college uh, college basketball hotbed. They also have a good lacrosse team as well. Donovan Mitchell just drafted. He went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see their list of uh, guys who wound up at big-time D1 schools the last few years and a few in the NBA, including Will Barton, Samaj Kristen, Thomas Robinson, TJ Warren, NC State product. So he's going to be on a good basketball team, and he's going to be getting uh, a lot of contact. Who are the names – who are the schools that are coming after him the heaviest and, and who stands to be the, uh, the biggest competition for services? So Mucius has kind of gone through a lot of interviews in recent weeks with rivals and scout and the, and the schools that keep coming up in those interviews are Oregon who uh, offered earlier or later in the spring, I'd say uh, UConn also has come in fairly late. Remember Wake was actually Isaiah Mucius' second power five offer. And so we've been in there since the very beginning, but uh, Oregon and UConn obviously have tremendous success in recent years, particularly, and that's always going to be attractive um, to a recruit that's really been growing up with those two programs as one of the top 15 um, schools to watch in the country year after year. Um, and, and then Xavier, I think we find ourselves in a lot of battles with Xavier. We can offer a lot of different things um, on the basketball court. Chris Max is a tremendous coach and Xavier and Wake, I think, have been two programs that have probably put in the most work. Um, but Isaiah Mucius has mentioned in the past that he loved UConn growing up. So I think they're kind of a, a dark horse that could come in and swoop and, and um, really make a big impact on his recruitment later on. But I think we're in a great spot with Isaiah Mucius. Getting him on campus in early August is really the key here because you don't want to be that school that has one of the later uh, unofficial or official visits set and then them never actually coming to visit your school. That happened right. with Eli Wright last year, who was one of our top products or prospects. In, in the summer. And so I think you need to get him on campus early August within the first two weeks and then hope to, uh, hope to get him to commit soon after. Yeah, right. By the way, on the transfer market right now, right? Yeah, I, I, he might've returned back to Mississippi state, but he, he was uh, intending on transferring. Yes. A lot of transfers out of that Mississippi state program. So we've got the point guard down, Sharon Wright Jr. We've got Jalen Horde as kind of the, the, the three, the wing, who's going to be the consummate uh, potential go-to score on this uh, in this class. Isaiah Mucius, what role does he fit in this class? They're not recruiting a traditional big. How do you see him fitting in with, uh, with the team that's there right now and, and within this recruit, recruiting class in general? Well, sure. I, I think time and time again last year, we saw that the one thing Wake Forest needed on defense was just a guy who could cover about three positions and could really guard some big wings in the ACC. And th- you mentioned – uh, yesterday when we were talking how Luke Kennard at 6'6 was just kind of having his way in that the weight game at the Joel last year. And it's because we didn't have 
a potential small forward who could guard him and was athletic enough to keep up with him. Right. And so I, I think he can really be uh, that type of player in the 2018 class. We really hope Melo Eggleston can be that contributor uh, this upcoming year at 6'9", ridiculously athletic. Right. And so Isaiah Mucius, I think one reason why he might be kind of the big in this class, um, we're going to probably play small in the upcoming years just based on where the talent is, but the 2018 class is very weak on big men, and there's not really many places for Danny Man to go if he's looking for a Sam Jaffa Mathias or looking for a Doral Moore. Yeah. And so I, I think you see Isaiah Mucius as, oh, he might play the four, uh, in college a little bit, but that, that would be because we're playing small, not because he's more of a power forward at all. Yeah. He's more of a wing uh, and he wants to be staring at the basket and, and kind of attacking straight on. So, but he's a very talented prospect and I uh, definitely play a lot of positions at the next level, which is certainly his versatility. It's exciting. Well, and you and I were at that Duke game, Luke Kennard, 10 of 10 in the second half, over 30 points, mm-hmm. hits the three over Mitchell Wilbekin. God bless him. Five foot 11 on a good day. Yeah. You know, We've we've hit on Sar, we've hit on Mello at this point. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Chandi coming in too, six foot five athletic freak. Oh, I mean Chandi Brown is gonna be a day one starter for the Demon Deacons. I'm really excited for what he can bring. Um and he's obviously incredibly athletic and has the body to contribute right, right away. But right. it's his shooting that's often very much talked about, uh, and how he can be just uh, a kind of a forty percent three point shooter. Uh, right off the bat for the Deeks, and it's athletic enough to get to the rim. So uh, I, I'm really excited about John D. Brown. I think he's going to be kind of a great uh, addition, maybe at the two or the three with Keyshawn Woods, Mitchell Wobekin. Next year's team's going to be able to shoot. That's one thing right. we know, and, and Danny Manning loves kind of the run-and-gun style. So it's really exciting for him to come in. I think Eggleston, uh, Saar, and even Sunday O'Keefe, the walk-on, are going to be able to get minutes next year as well. Yeah, it's funny. We've come so far in the last four years from a team that was really – desperate for shooting just awful yeah yeah and and then also if you look at the next year a team that was really grinding out offensive possessions now we're looking at the team is replete with athletes they are just going to get up and down they're going to score in the high 80s it's going to be a fun basketball team to watch and they're going to shoot the lights out so we've hit on the 2017s the three guys coming in four guys with sunday the 2018 class we've talked about the top targets there and Wright jr who's already in the fold what can we expect from the 2019s yeah, there's there's three guys I really have on my list right now. Uh, one of them is Wendell Moore, which you might have heard before. Wake has been on him for pretty much the better part of two years. He's from Cox Mill, North Carolina, and he is just an absolute stud. Um, Scout has him as a five-star, and the other uh, two main scouting services have him at a high four-star. So he, Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina, NC State are the three schools coming after him the hardest. I do not see a way that Wendell Moore – is going to play his ball outside of North Carolina. Got it. And so I think Wake has put in a lot of work. Um, it also helps that NC State has a new staff coming in, so Kevin Keats and his guys haven't had as much face time with him. I think this will come down to Wake and UNC, um, and it'll be exciting to see how that progresses, but that's probably a year away before he makes a commitment. Another guy I have is Deuce Dean. He's a 6'4 point guard out of Irmo, uh, South Carolina. Same high school, actually, in Dutch Fork as Matt Colburn. Uh, three-star running back from a years ago, uh, a few years ago. Um, he's very talented. He took an unofficial visit back in June uh, and has listed Wake in his top five. And Jalen Gaffney, who is a point guard, four-star out of Westtown School, which is, you might remember, is the same school uh, that Brandon Randolph and Mohamed Bamba went to um, that oh, were yeah. 2017 recruits. And so Jalen Gaffney, Deuce Dean, Wendell Moore, obviously those recruitments are very early stages, but I could see any of those guys end up representing uh, the Wake Forest at the next level. 
Well, so I think we also uh, we have to mention Coach Manning involved with Team USA right now. Just tweeted out a picture of him. He's with Team USA on the 4th of July representing his country. That's definitely going to play a little bit of a factor going forward, don't you think? Yeah, I think having that type of publicity is great. And, and whether we can end up getting one of those five-star USA uh, recruits into Wake Forest is uh, yet to be seen. But I, I think having him be a part of that program with John, Cal- John Calipari uh, is just going to do great things for this program moving forward. Perfect. So we've hit on basketball. Let's switch over to the gridiron real quick. Yep. Bunch of commits already in the fold. How many spots are left? Who are the top targets? What can we look at? And what's the strategy going forward? Yeah, I, I think there's probably five or six spots left here. We have 13, and, and the commitments have been coming um, really frequently. Just recently. one after the next. Oh, and yeah. It's a great thing, right? It's love, you love to see a healthy program like that, getting guys basically within 24, 48 hours of being on campus. And that just shows that guys are really excited about Wake Forest and that offer, and they're not willing to wait around to see if that spot gets filled up. And I think having that bowl win and, and a winning season definitely um, – leads to that uh, mainly. And, and Wake Forest is now on the radar of a lot of commits, especially in the local area of Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina, that it wasn't before. Right. Um, I think middle linebacker is a spot that you really want to fill up in these next couple weeks. We don't really have uh, a recruit right now that comes to mind that uh, Wake's in a really good spot with to fill that role. But what you have uh, Jabari Williams, as well as Grant Dawson graduating after this year. Um, of course, you have a couple 2017 linebackers we're going to be able to kind of play early and often, such as Chase Monroe. But finding another linebacker in this class would be huge. But I think some of the top targets are really on the defensive line here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae McCray, uh, who Wake's been heavily involved with. He also likes Louisville and NC State. Uh, but he's a defensive end, three-star, 6'5", um, really kind of athletic freak that could come in and contribute um, in his freshman or sophomore year. Elijah Brown from Providence Day is in between Wake and NC State. Uh, or what the analysts are saying. And so he's another name to keep an eye on. And I think a lot of things will kind of become clear after these next two camps on July 14th and July 15th occur. Um, obviously, a lot of offers will go out after those Wake Forest camps. And we see a lot of kids immediately jump on those offers uh, within 24, 48 hours, like you said. So I think for the next two weeks, expect kind of a little bit of quiet period. And then once those camps happen, things will pick back up. And I wouldn't be surprised if the 2018 class is pretty much filled by September 1st, which means more time to focus on game planning for the staff and more time to focus on making 2019 uh, as best as it can be. Absolutely. Just putting the building blocks together and building year over year. You know, let's work in some of our Twitter questions now. we got a question from Edward. Are some of these commits – happening so quickly because guys are getting on campus and they're seeing how darn good the facilities are these days. And they're basically, they're leaving with their jaws on the floor, calling up the staff almost right when they get home and saying, Hey, I want to come play for mother. So dear, are the facilities having an effect here? Yeah, I think that's a great question by Edward. Um, it's really interesting because there's no way that facilities can hurt in the recruitment process, uh, uh, process, excuse me. And obviously ours are some of the best in the entire nation after these recent, um, uh, recent constructions on campus. And so I don't think it's absolutely hurt, but a lot of the guys that are choosing Wake Forest, you see the main themes of why they're choosing Wake is because the academics and the family atmosphere. And right. it's not related to facilities or jerseys or swag, like maybe some other uh, commits to other schools have. It's because of those two reasons. And so um, I don't think Wake's really recruiting the types of kids 
that would come in, see the facilities and say, oh, I got to join uh, this team because that, uh, that practice facility is so cool. Um, I think guys are more focused on kind of this, the class sizes, the great education and, and being able to play ACC football. So I think the facilities have definitely um, helped, but I wouldn't say that they're a major factor uh, in many guys' decisions. Well, so let's jump off of that real quick, and, and let's talk a little bit about maybe why we think these commits are happening so fast. A lot of the guys are, you know, the, the Wake might be their only Power 5 offer right now. And, again, we're still a little bit earlier in the process, but a lot of these are, are guys who have a lot of group of five offers. Uh, they might not necessarily be uh, super highly touted yet, Um and, you know, this, has a, this is going to end up having a little bit of an effect on the overall rankings. You and I were talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. This could end up being the lowest class, uh, the lowest ranked class in the Clawson era. Say that five times fast. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be tough because once these guys commit, and it's a hard commit, that's a great thing for Mother So Dear. But it's also, to, it means that they stop getting evaluated by other schools. And in many cases, that means they stop picking up offers, which feedback loop right here, you know, it, it means that they – stop rising up the rankings. So yeah. it, this is a class that is going to be really solid throughout. It's great that they're getting commits uh, so quickly right out the gate, but you know, we're really talking like four to six spots left in this class max. So uh, why do we think these commits are happening so quickly right now? Yeah, there's a lot of different reasons that I think, um, like you said, a lot of other commits recently have only had one or two power five offers. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I right. trust his staff being able to evaluate talent. You, you look at Jesse Bates being a two star recruit with a lot of Mac offers and being a freshman All-American. So I completely trust his staff and their uh, evaluation skills. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting that guys are jumping so quickly. I, I think this staff ends up, or this class, excuse me, ends up being in the 65 to 75 range. Got it. And a lot of that is based on the fact that it's only going to be 16, 17 guys deep. Right. And most schools are taking in 20 to 23, 22 guys. So, and rivals rankings, 247's rankings are heavily based on quantity as well as quality. And so if we can't get those extra three or four commits, um, then they're not going to be able to rise in the rankings that much. The 2019 class is going to be massive. That's going to be a 24, 25-man class. Yeah. And that can have the potential to be a, a top 50 class uh, like Dave Clawson's first year. But I, I think it's really exciting, uh, some of these prospects that are coming in and, and some of the commits so far. And hopefully they can have big seasons, rise in the rankings. Obviously don't want them to pick up many more offers because then you increase the competition and make it a little bit more stressful around National Signing Day. But I think this class has a lot of different um, – a lot of talent in a lot of different places, and it's definitely going to be able to do big things once they get to Winston-Salem. So we got four to six more spots left. You talked a little bit about the strategy of how the staff is looking to put together this class and, and how, they're picking up these, uh, how they're picking up these commits so quickly. Uh, what's the biggest need left for the staff? There's a question from Cameron on Twitter. Uh, what's the biggest need for the for the staff to go out and get a guy in recruiting? Who are some of those guys that could be? You talked a little bit about Elijah Brown from Providence Day. Yep. Five seconds or less, what's the odds we get a Elijah Brown, Devin Dotson package offer or package deal out of Providence Day? Oh, my. The money I would pay to have Elijah Brown and Devin Dotson join uh, Wake Forest next year. That would be incredible. You and me both. Oh, my gosh. But um, I, I think Elijah Brown's kind of a 50-50 shot right now. He really likes Wake Forest, really likes NC State. Um like I said, I think we're going to see our next commitment in, uh, in kind of after the next evaluation period yep. in mid-July. Um, I think Elijah Brown is maybe a 50-50 shot. 
Mateo Duran is actually deciding on July 8th. He's a three-star running back that has kind of uh, had Wake on his top five list for a while now. He's heavily considering Duke as well as Virginia Tech. So it's going to be a tough, uh, tough sell there. But we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But I, I definitely think by the Presbyterian game, we'll have a majority of our class filled up. And that's huge, right? You talked about being able to allocate resources for the staff just on the team that they have right now, 70, 75 guys that they have in the locker room. That'd be huge. Yeah, that'd be massive. So let's let's shift gears and let's jump over to the, the soccer pitch. And uh, what are we seeing there? What are any updates that you have? We're about six weeks away from uh, soccer really getting up and going. Yeah, so there's actually a great article that I'd like to uh, mention here that went by the Winston Journal that talked about all the new members of the 2017 class for Bobby Moose uh, is ranked a consensus top three class in the nation. And that's including a couple players that also decided to go pro instead of actually um, honoring their letter of intent and signing with the Deeks officially or coming and join Wake Forest officially. And so it's another top three class. We mentioned before how it's never a rebuild at Wake Forest. It's always just a reload. And guys are so interested in coming and, and playing games at Spry, which is one of the best environments in all of college soccer. And I think that will continue um, over the next couple of years. The fan base has been tremendous and players really see that. They see the success we've had, whether it's this past year in the college cup run, and they want to be a part of it. And so it's not too hard to find um, the next Ima Tumasi or, or the next Jack Harrison when you're getting in 10 guys who are all top 100 recruits. Someone's going to come up and be that um, the next kind of Mac Herman trophy candidate. And it's really going to be exciting to see how the 2018 team uh, lives up to the height after the last couple of years. So speaking of reload, Fairchild, Sheets, Johnstone, Sellers, you know where I'm going here. Oh, yeah. Diamond Deeks, got to reload. What do we got? Coming off, I mean, probably the best season uh, in Wake Forest baseball history other than the 1955 National Championship. You would think it's going to be really tough to kind of replace some of those guys that are all Americans, all ACC players. And yet we have the, these next two classes being some of the highest rated in program history. Both are top 40 classes for 27, eight, uh, 2017 and 2018, the top 30 class with still room to grow. Um, Tom Walter has done a tremendous job in getting talent into Winston-Salem. And then once they're in Winston-Salem, just developing guys and making sure they play above their overall high school rating. And so it's going to be really um, exciting to see how these guys play out. But the future in Winston-Salem for the Diamond Deeks looks incredibly bright. And things are only going up from here. Expect Wake to be um, a, a top five team in the ACC for the next couple of years, just based on the type of guys they're bringing in alone. That's awesome. And so let's go to a quick Demon's Den segment. Yep. Uh, I want a quick answer from you. I'm going to throw five questions at you. Five pack on July 4th. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Wake Forest 2018 class will finish as the highest ranked class in program history on the basketball court. What say you? Uh, I'm going to sell that uh, just because they would need to land uh, Horde, Mucius, Lazuski, and even then, it might not be the highest ranked class, which I believe was in 2007 um, with Jeff Teague and them. I think it will be a top 25 class. If you can get Horde, obviously he's a borderline five-star commit and another four-star. Naturally, you're going to be up in the top 25, top 30, which is way better than we've seen in recent years. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be the highest ranked uh, in history. Wake Forest football will land a four-star commit in the 2018 class like a Mike Allen. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to sell that as well. I just don't see it uh, really having based on the current prospects we have on our big board right now. But that doesn't mean that a three-star commit that we uh, already have doesn't rise up the rankings after a great senior year. 
Wake Forest basketball will enter the season with just 12 scholarship players, leaving one scholar to carry over to next year. What say you? I'm going to buy that. That's definitely going to happen. There just doesn't seem to be the market for graduate transfers right now. And so entering with 12 scholarship players, maybe giving a guy like Sunday O'Keefe the scholarship of the year like we did Trent Van Horn last uh, couple of years is the most likely scenario. Football and basketball recruit in the 2017 classes that will make the biggest impact next season. Give me a name. Ooh, I think Chase Monroe in football, um, just because he's athletic enough to contribute early and everything, all indications of that. He's a really smart kid that can really learn defenses quickly. In basketball, Chandy Brown seems to be the, the top answer there, and I'm going to go yep. with that theme. Oh, that's an easy one. Let you off the hook there. All right. I got four Ds who play the point guard position. Dotson, Zinsumu, Drinnen, DeVoe. Who you got out of those four four-star point guards? Who's the best one? Who's the most likely to commit to the D? Last question. Yeah, I think Devin Dotson uh, is probably the best one, and I would love to have him in the black and gold. We were in his top eight. That was released a couple weeks ago, but he's getting a lot of interest from Blue Bloods, and I don't think he ends up coming to Wake Forest just because of the increased hype around him. Um, most likely to commit right now, I think, is Drew Drinnen. We mentioned earlier, Wake and UGA are, are the top schools uh, for him oh, uh, heading into the summer months. And so if anyone's going to commit, it's going to be Drew Drinnen. I would love to have him in black and gold. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Happy July 4th, everybody. We'll see you in a few weeks. And make sure to check back at Blogger So Dear for all the recruit report updates from my brother, Ned Harwood. And follow him on Twitter at DeekFan3. He is WFU Sports Stats. Uh, that's all for us, and have, have a happy 4th of July, everyone. Thanks, guys. See you next week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 